Hi, Kim. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Um, pretty fantastic. There is a lot of sunshine here today in Winnipeg, and that always makes me sunny when I have sunshine in my life. Well, and you are in my life, so that's sunny too. I was just going to say that too, but, but there's always sunshine because you're always with yourself. Aww. Well, hi to everybody who's joining us. We're, we're glad wherever you are in the world, whether you are live or Memorex on replay, um, we are glad that you're joining us here on your Kick-Ass Career Weekly Wrap-Up. Louise, take us to our wrap-up for the week. So wrap-up was really about reflecting on my last week and how I feel like I did. Where was I successful? Where was I not? Um, and I gave myself a whole lot of grace this week because I was in some pretty intensive uh, training, coach training this week, and I wasn't sure what to expect. So I went in with a um, with a low bar, not a low bar on the training expectation, but just like a low bar for me and how I was going to be able to get all of those other things done when I had some pretty significant training. Um, and I think I did okay. Um, I treated myself with lots of kindness and some grace this week. Mm. Um, so that's a big win. Um, lots of early nights. Um, it's interesting, right? When you're on in a way that you're not used to being on, I really noticed that's an energy drain. So, uh, yeah, so I feel in, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, and here on Friday and I would call my week hugely successful, um, I met some wonderful people and I did some great training this week. So um, that's my weekly wrap up. Uh, how about you, Kim? Where are you at today? I love hearing that your week was hugely successful. Um, and, you know, I'm big on grace and courtesy for ourselves and others. Um, I am once again giving myself huge grace and courtesy this week. Um, there's been a lot of heaviness. Um, I think the heaviness in the world, um, the heaviness that I just, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, um, continues and it has made moving through the week. I think I used the word slogging earlier when I described it, it was, it's kind of like moving through mud. Um, I did allow myself some time for, um, release and crying and just kind of being present with those, those emotions that were coming up for me and that I'm holding, um, so a lot of grace and courtesy for myself there. Um, I did set some pretty high intentions for myself for the week because I'm super excited about some things that I'm, I'm starting to birth out into the world, um, with my business and, um, they didn't get done. And so it, I wouldn't say it was a hugely successful week for me and on reflection, I'm also okay with moving through the process and being really, really human about it. Um, I don't really have a choice. I am a human, but allowing my humanity to be able to process through what I needed to process through and being vulnerable and asking for help. Right. So, yeah. so actually reaching out and asking for help from people. Yeah. Um, I love that we do this each week and we have this time um, to just kind of reflect back over our week and look at the intentions that we set and, and do that weekly wrap up. 
As always, um, invite those who are tuning in to please let us know how your week went. Um, did you hit your intentions for the week? Um, or was it feeling heavy? Did it feel hugely successful? We'd love to know and to be able to share um, in either side of that spectrum with you. Louise, what are we talking about today? Um, I quit. Oh, yes. <laughs> And how do you know, although you may have said those words a hundred times in your head, uh, how do you know when it's really time to leave um, your job? Uh, I love this topic. Yeah, I do too. It's uh, And I think it's going to be an interesting conversation because I think we may have different some different feelings here, which is cool because, right, we're, again, we're humans and we have different experiences, which leads to different feelings. Um, but it was so funny when you said that I quit, it was like, I had that feeling when I have said that before, it's like, well, it's time for me to separate from this position, right? It's the sweaty hands. It's a little bit of nausea. It's the heart beating. It's like just hearing the words took me back to that place of who it's so hard. It's so hard to leave. Why do you think that is? What what are some of the things that kind of stick out to you as to why it is so hard to leave work? Mm. So I think the reason why it's hard, and, and I know we talked a little bit before about this idea of disappointment, right? For me, the, the disappointment, um, I don't want to let anybody down, right? And... I don't want to get in trouble. It's so interesting when I come, when I have finally gotten to that place where it's like, I'm ready to leave. I think I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> it doesn't logically make I'm sense. Who? I don't know. Like I said, it doesn't make sense, but it's this idea of if I say this, if I put, when I put this out into the world, something's going to happen. And it feels like that, like, I'm going to get in trouble. How about for you? Yeah, I think there's a lot of um, disappointment that's kind of wrapped up in those words and those feelings. And disappointment comes from all kinds of places, right? Disappointment in myself that maybe I wasn't able to uh, make it work. Uh, I'm disappointing others that maybe rely on me. Uh, disappointing um, the company or my leader because maybe they had different hopes and dreams for me, or maybe they didn't. Um, <laughs> maybe they're good, glad to see. They're glad to see me go. Um, but I think that whole disappointment piece and that I often get stuck on like, um, did I really try hard enough to make it work? Mm. I don't get stuck there. <laughs> when, when I get to that place of it is time to go, and we'll, we'll talk about how you know for sure that that's a lot of the meat of today's conversation. But when I've gotten to that place of it's time to go, uh, yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's, I'm done. I'm done. Let's wrap this up in a bow. And while I don't want to get in trouble for saying it, again, weird, but I'm owning my weirdness, it's also... Um, I'm done. <laughs> so, right. right? Like I've gone through the process of the disconnecting. I think that's part of, um, other than that part of, am I getting, am I going to get in trouble? I've disconnected from the organization already in many ways. 
before I make the decision to go in and have that conversation. Um, there's a lot of preparation that goes in there for me when I, when I start way back with the question of should I stay or should I go? Right. Um, which immediately, of course I hear the clash song, but it's, it is that idea of what do I do? And what has become my story is if I've started asking that question, should I stay or should I go? I need to unearth what is keeping me there versus why should I leave? Because I've already made the decision to leave. Mm. Right. Turn the tables completely around to say, why should I stay? It's not about why should I go? No, it's why should I stay? Because mm. once I've entertained the idea of should I go, I've, I've already decided I really should go unless I can prove otherwise. Right. I think for me, and um, oftentimes I hear these stories from my clients too, where we're not even really entertaining that idea. So there's all of these things that are kind of happening and going on. And I'm not even asking myself the question, should I stay or should I go? It's like, you know, I've already, I've, I've probably already disconnected from the organization, but I don't really realize like I've disconnected. And maybe mm -hmm. that's, that self-awareness, right? You're coming from a place of, of high self-awareness and I'm coming from a place of, well, what can I do more? Like it's not working. So what can I do more of? What can I do better? Why am I failing at this? Why am I, why am I um, not meeting the expectation? Why? Right. And so there's a lot of that kind of that spinning that goes on. And I haven't even asked myself the question, is this the right place for me? Um, and it often comes with a change, right? I think when we get to that place, there's some kind of change in our environment somewhere that's impacting us. So our, our some something in our lives has changed. Maybe immediate leadership has changed. Maybe the organization has undergone some type of change and no longer aligns with our values, no longer align and match that organization. Because it's changed. But for me, uh, I've never been really super aware of what that is. It, I, it's just been internalized to say, like, I need to do better. I need to do, I need to do more of what's already not working, but I need to do more of that. Because if I just keep doing more, sooner or later, something will will change without me even asking that question. Mm. So interesting because I, I, I would hazard a guess that more people would align with what you just shared than getting, than having that place of, Oh no, I know this isn't working. So like, how do I gather the data or the evidence that I can fix this? Um, I know just working with my clients, many of them go through that place of I'm not even aware. Yeah. It's right. It, and that's, that's totally, that's fine. And like I said, I, I think that I'm in the minority of getting to that place of it's, I, it start, it, it always starts with me for, a, from a feeling when I feel misaligned, when I feel as though, um, something went wrong, um, I can pretty quickly identify what that is. And my MO, good, bad, or otherwise, is to preserve self. And um, 
because I'm the only self there is. And at the end of the day, no matter how much I care about the organization and the people that I work with, the leadership, wherever I am, the, the work that I'm doing, I need to preserve myself. And right. so that's where then that question comes in of, all right, I already know it's not working. So let me find the evidence. Let me look at the evidence to see if this is a temporary blip or if this is something that's systemic and now it's time for me to sever the relationship in the way the relationship currently exists. Now, again, I've, I spent a lot of time in the nonprofit sector. I will say I am still either a donor or somehow otherwise still connected with every nonprofit I took part in because it's not the mission that I don't believe in anymore. It's not the individuals who are there when I leave that I don't believe in anymore. While there may be leadership change or there may be other changes that make it uncomfortable, untenable, not the right place for me, doesn't mean that I can't still support an organization that meant something to me. Now, that's not to say that happened with every job because there are jobs that I left. I'm like, see ya. (laughs) (laughs) But that it is, I think it comes down from, to me, to that, to preservation of self. I don't know. I, it's, when you're going through that that um, place of uh, how can I fix it, right? How can I? What can I do differently? How is that? How is that like happening day to day? I'm I'm truly curious because I don't know how that shows up. Well, it's oftentimes like like you know that you're not meeting that expectation, right? Like so you know, some of the, this kind of the signs or symptoms that things are starting to kind of fall apart is that you really do like, you have, you don't have that energy that you used to tackling your day-to-day work. So it becomes very, um, you're, it's more than disconnected. It's really like, I don't want to be doing this. Um, and so you are avoiding a lot of that and now your job performance starts to decline. And then that's usually when, right, like you start to have some of those conversations about what's working and what's not working with your leadership. And then you're like, well, why am I having these conversations? I've always been a great performer before, right? Like, so all of a sudden now there's like this defensiveness. And and so I think that's one of those signs is, is right, like you're, you're disconnected somehow from what you're currently doing compared to what you were like before, right? Like I'm talking about a change in, in what's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that job performance starts to slip, no fault of your own, um, really, except you're just n- not uh, able to perform at a level because you're you're feeling this disconnection. And I think too, a lot of um, kind of a, another thing that happened to me a lot was just how I felt when I was driving to work. Right. Mm-hmm. And I started to feel like I don't want to be there. I started to feel nauseous or right. yeah, I started to worry about conversations that I was going to have or things I was going to do. It didn't really feel enjoyable. I started to really like I, and, and then well, crying in the bathroom should have been a sign. Um, but we often do that. We often like like we can't handle what's going on anymore. And so like that emotional regulation, it gets all kind of whacked out, but we often think that it's, it's like, it'll pass or like, uh, it'll, it'll somehow fix itself or the ship will write itself. Mm -hmm. Um, if I just hang on a little bit longer, 
I'm just going to get through this rough patch and then things will be smooth. I don't really know what this rough patch is or what caused it, but I'm just going to hang on just a little bit longer. And then that's often like we just we hang on too long without doing anything. Um, and that could be leaving or it could be having a great conversation with your leader yeah. or or your company. Um, you know, I think that's all part of it, too. And, you know, when all of those things start to come up and you start to really notice how that change and how you feel, you're right. Like we both have the same feelings or the same inkling. Um, yeah. Right. But we're treating it quite differently. We're, we're acting or we're, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know that it's pretending, but it's like this, this responsibility that I feel like I have to the organization to see it through that. And I think that's the key there, right? It's like you're, I don't mean to say you, but what I'm hearing you say, <laughs> what I'm hearing you say is that you're hooking on to the responsibility you have to the organization. Whereas I'm like, no, the organization has a responsibility to me. Right. Like, and if they're not meeting my expectations and I'm not pushing the responsibility back on them, I have responsibility for myself. Right. Right. And if, but if the organization isn't, if I've done the things right, because of course we feel, if we're feeling the dread, if we're feeling the, whatever, taking action of some kind, right. Talking to a manager, um, going to HR, right. Doing one of those things that will, help you in some way work toward getting a coach to help you figure out it is it here is it just my mindset do i need to shift right. something right i know for me that was um working with a coach in, in one of my former positions it was the coach who who just flat out said to me why why again are you staying like we started the conversation three months ago where you said you this is the impact that you want to make and this has how you want to show up in the world and we what we've uncovered was that's not possible in your current role at your current position in your current organization so why again are you still doing this and it's that voice that absolutely sticks with me and i had the voice before but that was like the clearest way that i had i had ever had somebody ask me like if you've already gone through that identification process, why are you still staying? Right. And it sounds like for you, it's a long, maybe a longer ramp of doing the identification. Well, yeah, and absolutely. I think there's a lot of fear that around too, like leaving a stable job, leaving an organization that you know, regardless of how it treats you, right? Like a relationship with work is like a relationship with any other person. Like yeah. we have the same connections and the same feelings. And so, you know, we want to try our best to make it work where sometimes we're afraid to leave, to go out on our own or to even take that risk or that chance, you know, searching the job boards is another kind of sign of, of, you know, maybe you should click into that things aren't currently working where you are because you're searching those job boards constantly, but yet you're not taking any action because there's so much fear and all kinds of great coaching things we can get into around that. But there's a lot of that kind of thing that goes on that it's like, yeah, maybe I do, but then maybe no, no. Uh, I'll just hang on. I, you know, I have a responsibility to the people that I lead or I really love the people. And so I'm just going to, I'm going to stay for the people. Um, but don't you have a responsibility to, to be 
I'm sorry, but you do absolutely have a responsibility to your team. Don't you have a responsibility to your team to be the best leader that you can be? And sometimes that means not being their leader anymore. Well, yes. And right. I think it takes that certain, it, it's about getting to that place where you are a little more grounded in that. What is your responsibility to the whole situation? Much like leaving a relationship that you know is not working, there's no point hanging on if you know it's not going to go anywhere. So it's about taking that control back. It is about taking that control back. It's about, it's about owning your relationship with yourself first and foremost, in my opinion. If we're constantly making sure everybody else is okay, our job, our the organization we work for, the team that we supervise, the team that we're a member of, if we're constantly putting it out there to make sure they're okay first, how are we ever going to move forward and grow in our lives? I just, I mean, to me, that that does the biggest disservice, not only to you, but also to the organization. And here, I, I want to be really clear to everybody listening. I am not saying that if you are uncomfortable, you need to leave your job. That is not what I'm saying at all. <laughs> I'm not, I am saying if it is untenable, if you are not getting where you need to be as an individual, consider that that is maybe a pretty big sign that you should consider what could be next. And... That consideration of what's next can be within your organization. That so much, right? We we suffer in silence a lot, and then we start looking, and all of a sudden, it's like you, you never have these great conversations with your leader, and you may or may not be in an organization that encourages that. Um, however, if you're not having that conversation with your leader, then you don't know. You don't have data to say that that leader is going to help me uh, refine my job or change my responsibilities, or maybe they're having the same conversation with someone else on your team. And it's a matter of like job swatching, swapping. swapping. <laughs> well, they may be having the same conversation with their leader. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we just don't know. Because we don't have those conversations where it's wrapped up in this, like, I've got to figure this all out on my own, or I'm just, I'll get through it without having some great conversations with the folks um, who can make a difference. And you'll know immediately if you have a conversation with your leader and they don't want to help you, then that's a little bit of a confirmation to say, like, maybe, maybe your instinct was a little on point there and it is time to go. And it just makes everything a lot easier. Um, and it makes it, it, it puts purpose back into, um, into what you're doing. And so, okay, I want to, I kind of want to recap a little bit about some of the things we said. So when do we know it's time to quit our jobs? So, yeah. So I think it's, it's the feeling coupled with whatever data, however we do it. And I actually want to insert, I know you were doing a recap, but I'm going to, I'm going to insist that you insert a data collection strategy that you had while you were crying in the bathroom. Um, Absolutely. Because it is all about the data. And so that's a big piece of how do you know when it's time to go? It is about like what real on the ground data do you have to support that on the go um, or do you stay decision? Um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, we you have a note card. 
Do I? No, I don't have enough. No, didn't you? You told me a story about when you knew it was time to go because you were sitting in the bathroom filling out this note card trying to figure oh. out why to stay and why to go. Yeah, okay, I told the story for her. Never mind. Uh, no, I have this little, um, I had this um, exercise that, that I was doing. It's the, it's these little like index cards, card, right? And it was like, on one side, it was like, what did I love about my day, right? What really uh, jazzed me up? What did I look forward to? Uh, and to write that out. And then on the back side, it was, what did I, what did I not like about today? Like, what was the, what are the, I call them crunchy bits. What are like those things that like just stop you in your tracks? Um, what are you overthinking about? Why are you crying in the bathroom? And and if you are crying in the bathroom and you're filling out one of these cards, then that's, there's something bigger there. But it gives you data, right? It gives you information to now say like, I don't really, I don't really love um, the company because you notice there are things that, that are going on in the company that um, that you really don't love. Um, this was key for me to get out of um, well data. I was in data analytics and project management and flipped to coaching because my cards were full of people interactions. And what jazzed me up was coaching my staff and helping people. And that had nothing to do with my current role. And so it was it was about data. Um, but that's a good um, tactic to right start getting your data. But it's about paying attention, like you mentioned, right? Like you know immediately when you start to have those feelings. It's like it's something to pay attention to mm -hmm. when you are um, right gathering data when you're searching the job boards. Like those are all data collection points for where you're at, and then creating a. I'm going to call it an exit strategy, but it's not an I quit strategy. It's a how do you exit your where you're at right now? Hey, your current how, do get, how do you get out of your current circumstances? Yeah. And it doesn't, again, I know that it sounds like I'm advocating to ditch your job and just, you know, run away, but that's not what I'm advocating for. I, I am advocating for self. And you, honestly, you, all the people listening, you, Louise, you being me, we all know ourselves best. The thing is, is we've shut it down and we've shut it down for so long because many of us want to make sure that the people on our team are okay, because we're afraid of getting in trouble, because we're afraid of what well, I don't know what's next, because we're afraid of, oh my God, if I leave this job, I can't pay rent. All the fears are real and not real at the same time. Right. Right. And that's where for me, I didn't have a little note card. I didn't do my pros and cons list in that way. I do my pros and cons through through verbal processing. Probably no surprise to anybody that I'm a verbal processor. Um, but <laughs> that that's it's talking to somebody who was having a coach to help me through it and figure out what was right for me. They didn't tell me what to do as coaches. We're not here to tell you what to do. And yet I had, I gained so much clarity on what was working, what wasn't working. So I could open myself up to what's possible for ne what's next. You can't do that from a place of crying in the bathroom. That's just, you, you're, you're shutting down. You can't do that from a place of doom scrolling through job listings and hoping the right one pops out to you. That yeah. doesn't work that way. 
Um, those are all definitely symptoms that there's something wrong. And that's where talking to someone, talking to your manager, talking to a coach, talking to a close friend that can be unbiased and, and, and help you through that, right? Working on your community to help you decide what's next for you. There was, there was some of what you were talking about that sounded a little bit like it overlaps with the sense that I know a lot of people are going through burnout. And I know we've touched a little bit about pre-burnout and burnout symptoms. Did you want to talk anything about that or should we save that for another day? Well, I think burnout in itself is a whole uh, conversation that we can have because it is so important to not just not just recognize when you're in burnout, but like, how do we recognize kind of these pre burnout spaces? Because burnout absolutely is a contributor to you wanting needing uh, to leave work. But when you don't know what's going on, or what's happening with your burnout, then it's often like you go from the frying pan into the fire, if you're not dealing with some of those symptoms, and really digging into what's causing your burnout, then it just it follows you um, everywhere. Yeah, just like any of this, right? It's like if you feel yeah. like you're an imposter in your current job, just by changing jobs doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to feel like an imposter. It will show up in a new way. It may take a year or 18 months, but it'll show up again unless yeah. you actually deal with the, whatever that underlying thing is. Yeah, and I think a lot of people feel like, well, I'm burned out, so I need to go get a new job. Don't. <laughs> deal with the burnout, deal with, if you need to take a leave of absence, take a leave of absence, do what you need to do to care for yourself while you're in your current role so that you can have clarity of mind so that you can figure out what's next in a meaningful way. Yeah. It's, it's figuring out how to be your best self again. Um, right. And when you take on a new job or a new responsibility, um, we all want to be our best selves in that situation. When we leave something behind, we want to be in um, our, our, in our best places. Um, I see, a, I see, I got distracted because I see a comment. Uh, a comment. From yeah. Yeah. Can she can she confirm can that it does follow you? Yeah. Yeah, it does. It, it will absolutely, whatever the thing is, and this goes for any type of relationship, work relationship, you know, interpersonal relationships, relationships with money, you know, all of these relationships that we have in our lives, if we don't clean up what's wrong, right, what doesn't feel right, if we don't clean that up, we're inevitably going to take it into the next um, relationship we have. Uh, and it can also cross pollinate, by the way, I have had things that didn't, that didn't work in an interpersonal relationship that then went into a work relationship, because the individuals that I was working with had similar tendencies to the person that I left the interpersonal mm -hmm. relationship with. And so then I was, I'm going to use the word triggered and I don't mean it in terms of a trauma response, but I was triggered by how I showed up um, and I didn't show up as my best self. And, and it definitely didn't allow me to grow in that role the way that I wanted to grow um, and the way that, you know, I could have in, in other circumstances. So yeah, it's, um, we always want to make sure that we're clo closing the door fully. Um, and by doing that, that means we have to do our work ourselves before we take the leap. And I love that you said, right. Don't jump out of the frying pan and into the fire. Um, while I did have some quick eggs, what looked like quick exits, um, 
there was a strategy in place in terms of, I may not know what the next job is right away. Um, sometimes I do, sometimes I didn't, but it was about what do I need to close for myself so I can step fully as myself into the next role. Yeah. Right. How can I have that growth opportunity? Because here's the thing, folks, the reality is work is work. Work is a component of life. Work has a lot of different ways that it shows up for us in our life, but it's part of our lives. And if we don't autonomously own that for ourselves, that's why I go back to the place of, but you have to be okay. You, you have to be okay. Like above everybody else, you have to be okay. Cause you're the only one, truly the only one at your end of days that you're with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that kind of actually is kind of a little bit of a segue into what we might be talking about next week is how do you look after yourself when you do try to stay and what's this whole uh, compensation? Uh, <laughs> now I'm hearing that music. Um, it's the it's the Austin Powers definition song that's going through my head when I think of the con uh, compensation game. <laughs> We could call it the confidence game because that's part of it too. But the compensation game, getting paid. Whoa. We talked about money and money stories before, but this whole idea of the compensation game, right? It's about negotiation. It's about worthiness. It's about um, do I stay and increase my pay where I'm at or do I leave and increase it by going somewhere else? The compensation game. Uh, we might actually have some fun music to join us next week. Um, um, Louise? What's your golden nugget for today? Um, I love the whole idea of um, just bringing your power back to yourself, right? At the end of the day, um, we are our own, our own ships. We decide um, where we're going and how fast we're going to get there and just bringing it all back. It was something you had said about, right? Like there's no one else that you need to be looking out for except for yourself. It's that whole airplane right oxygen mask thing if you are not a hundred percent getting what you need um how can you help anyone else yeah yeah absolutely and and it's not that we don't care about other people we can deeply care we can take care about the organizations and the people in the job but we have to take care of ourselves yeah um yeah i think i think mine is that idea that um it's a reminder that as much as i show up in the world and it's like own your stuff, take care of yourself. You know, you don't owe it to the organization. The organization owes it to you, right? It's a mutual relationship. Talking to you about this reminds me how much fear is there and that that's really real and really, really pal palpable, pal palpable. <laughs> I totally lost the word, mid word. Um, people feel it deeply. There we go. Um, and while I know that, it's always a good reminder to have a conversation around it um, because those are tender spots, right? Those are tender, tender spots. And um, in no way do I ever want to offend anybody by being like, it's okay. You can make a choice for yourself. I also, right? It's like, I do I do acknowledge and appreciate that those are that can be some tender spots. And even though I had to pull it out of you, I always love the story of using the note card to oh, figure yeah. out what's next. Uh, I have a whole stack of them right here. Like, like always, always. See? I don't use them for that. I use them for D&D. &D. 
Um, they're very handy. They are very handy. Get yourself some. Um, all right, everyone. Thanks so much. I hope you have a fantastic weekend um, and hope to see you back here next week. Absolutely. And don't forget, let us know your golden nuggets from today too. All right. Bye everyone. Bye. Take care. Bye for now. Bye. <laughs>